0: All right. Well, thank you again to uh, Helen Barbazon from Pleasant Acre Farms. Be on the lookout for the results this weekend uh, or this week, uh, I believe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, the last uh, two-year-old in training sale of the year at Ocala, the OBS Training Center. You can check that out at their website. They will uh, they'll have the live, uh, like everyone has these days, the uh, the live pictures. Right from the sale grounds, and you don't even have to sweat. Uh, with us now is is uh, one of uh, one of the best guys in the in the business. I mean that not the best trainers, but the best guys. Um, but uh, he's a good trainer too. He's a really good trainer, and his work with Whitmore is uh, culminated with an Eclipse Award last year. And uh, you know, what, maybe we can do something. Uh, got half the year to go, man. Can we? Can we get a, a can we get a, a repeat?
1: We're uh we're always pointing to the the end of the year with him so we're hoping so.
0: Well, how are things with Mr. Whitmore? Um there's been quite a few sprints run all over the country lately and uh I got to be frank um outside of forensic fire at Belmont which is uh, his which he just absolutely loves, um, and it hasn't been a, 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 a great year for sprinters. Uh, what, what's next for Mister Whitmore?
1: We're going to be pointing to the uh, the Vanderbilt at, at Saratoga. Um, it seems like the the year for us is either, you know, it's always Oak Lawn, and then we usually either try one time at uh churchill or or maybe we'll wait and go straight to the uh to the race that forensic fire won this this last week but uh the races for sprinters always get a little bit more heated towards uh starting now
0: yeah you know he he ran a really good race at churchill on the derby undercard and, and that race has actually been uh uh lo- looks like a a relatively strong race. As Bango came out of that to win the Aristides and um uh what's his name? The horse that ran second at Belmont the other day. I uh, the, the horse I always forget his name. Um Flagstaff. Flagstaff. I always want to call him Fairbanks. Fairbanks is retired, but yeah, yeah Fla- Flagstaff. Was a nice horse too, though. Yeah, Flagstaff ran a ran a good race, uh, you know. But tackling frenzy fire at Belmont Park uh, is is a tough task because that horse is just. Uh, it's amazing sometimes how some horses are just uh, so good at one track, and, and at other tracks they're just kind of like a step below that. But um, you know, you, you know, not all horses can run at all tracks. But uh, that is a horse that absolutely, you know loves that Belmont surface and and he's, he's pretty close to unbeatable on there. But uh, when, when he leaves Belmont, he's a lot more beatable.
1: Well, I think that, uh, the, the ownership's probably glad that he likes likes New York instead of, you know, Charlestown or or Evangel or another one. I mean, there's, they run a, a very, very nice set of races there. And, uh, I think uh, at the end of his career, he, they're they're probably going to be tickled to death that he chose to like Belmont. Uh, I uh, I thought that was a good race. I was watching it. I, I watch every sprint race because it seems like we always got to see who we're going to run against. You know?
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: And, uh, I, I like it whenever I see familiar faces, and you know, it's a, the the people with him have done a great job of keeping him rolling. He's you know he's not a he's not a young whippersnapper either. Those guys are. Been around a while, and you know, I think the fans love that. They they love uh, the opportunity to depend on a horse to, to keep a current form and to keep a you know, a, a, a historical fondness. It's a lot easier for them to grasp that than it is somebody you know claiming one for 30 and then the next thing you know, they're they're winning grade ones across the country. Those, uh, yeah, those kind of, uh, I, I would think that. Given the opportunity, uh, uh, anyone that loves our sport would love to see a. You know, you go to Belmont, you got to beat Forensic Fire. If you go to, you know, back with uh, what was Imperial Hint was so good at Gulfstream, and you know, we're we're always pretty tough down at Oakland, and it's it's good to know that you can count on certain things.
0: Yeah, that is true, and uh, I mean between Forensic Fire and Whitmore, you guys got about eighty eighty something starts lifetime which uh which which these days is is uh is, is an unbelievable amount of races uh i mean you see horses now going to stud with that they don't even get to 10 races so uh it is nice to to have those older horses who people can follow and be familiar with and uh to see them still competing um you know at, at an advanced age it's not way it's not too old for sure i mean just the how well your guys' horses have run shows that. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting. The Vanderbilt should be a good race. I'm sure Frenzy Fire will probably be in there, and uh, Flagstaff might be too. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, it's a grade one in Saratoga, so I'm sure someone's going to show up.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, seeing horses run for a long time is uh, is something that that I believe is, is good for our sport and uh you know getting getting familiar with with uh an athlete is is never a bad thing and whenever you know i was talking to uh the rights and secretary from new york uh earlier with uh pat pope he's also the right secretary at oakland and we were we were bringing up the the, the possibility of uh of new days and everything at, at Oak Lawn. And I said, Hey, what is the possibility of maybe a, uh, a race for, or, uh, five-year-olds and up, you know, to, to make it a good purse to where people are, are, you know, rewarded for keeping a horse around. And, uh, you know, you don't want to obviously, you don't want to ride anybody out of the race, but it is kind of, uh, kind of neat that people are starting to choose a little bit to to put their horsemanship on display by by keeping horses at a certain level for you know a period of time yeah i think that to be rewarded for that that's true i
0: i, I don't disagree at all um now speaking of Oakland, uh an expansion of days i mean they made the announcement yesterday uh that they're going to Start racing in in uh, the first week in December and race through the first week in May, um, with a little bit of a different schedule—a three-day a week schedule. Uh, of course, miss you know with Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, being dark those days. But um, uh, what's your feelings on that?
1: Well, me you know me being a, a regular at Oakland, I, I love the possibility of of uh, of more. Um, possibilities to run. I, I think that's what we all want at the places that we want to run at. You'd love to have opportunities. And Oakland is uh, traditionally a, a very fun place for me. Uh, I think my clients look forward to running there. The, the, purse, the purses are are very nice. And uh, I think that, you know, with, with uh, the way that they're doing it, it could be, you know, it could be a little different, and it may change a few things for some people, but I I think that the first year is going to be very interesting to see. And, you know, the ownership working with the HVBA, Uh they'll get all the bugs and and things worked out. And and uh, I think that it could be a good thing. I'm excited. I, I haven't spoke to anyone that's not pumped up about it.
0: You know, the interesting thing has always been that uh, when Churchill ends, after Thanksgiving weekend, if you're not racing a turfway or you're not going south, you kind of have this this gap between the end of Churchill to the beginning of Oaklawn, and this kind of eliminates that. And I think also with a longer meet, um, and this is of course conjecture because I, I haven't spoken to anyone about it, just was announced yesterday. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some new outfits that uh, that show up there because. It's such a uh, now. It, it's a, a five month. Um, it's not a short meet where you're saying, "Well, man, I'm shipping there, and if a horse gets a little sick, shipping and then, and I, I miss uh, you know a couple weeks, I miss a couple of races. Uh, I'm gonna ship out there for one race." Now you're going out there for the entire winter. I mean, it's kind of matching up with the Gulfstream Park uh, Championship meet uh, date wise. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some some trainers. Uh, send, you know, divisions of horses out there with the other kind of the elephant in the room that a lot of dirt races that don't fill at other tracks do go at Oaklawn Park. Uh, I've seen a lot of three other thens and, and, and races like that, that literally never go on the dirt at any other tracks. And I, I think that, uh, you might see some guys, you know, some, some new faces there as well.
1: I think that that's what management is looking for. Uh, You know, they're, they're not trying to change anything. They're trying to expand on what they have, not speaking for them, of course, but just judging from what I see. I think, uh, you know, one of the things about Oakland that is, is, is uh, often, I believe overlooked is that it is tough to win a race there. It is, uh, you know, I've, I've been there. I mean, what, this will be my 23rd year, and I've seen a lot of really big outfits come in. You know, with with uh, you know large reputations and struggle. Uh, those guys run, and the claiming races are hard to win. And uh, maiden special weights got good horses in them, and not just one or two. And, you know, there's liable to be. There's you know the field size is crazy for the for the caliber and the race days they have. The, the field size is is uh is a gambler's delight in most cases and in the allowance races especially and you can get you can run into you know come mean and the a other than you can run into you know uh my and a maiden special weight i've I've done it i've I've had both of those things happen you look them both up i mean I ran in both of those races so i i think that the possibility of, of the money that's running dictates the, the caliber of competition. And you're going to see some people that's going to have the the right kind of horses want to run for this type of money. It's going to make it harder on the guys that are, you know, the locals. You better be ready. And, you know, it's just like it is now. It's like everybody goes, well, uh, where's the easy spot? You know, I talked to friends of mine, the horsemen from other spots. What should I bring to be competitive i'm like well if you think about it we've got we've got about everything but turf is is won by some really really top of the of the uh, echelon people uh we've got claiming races that you know where there's 80 percent of the horses are claimed i mean i think we set a record every year with claims and the people that are are doing it are you know, Steve Asmussen, Carl Broberg, and Diodoro, and Villafranco. These are guys that are traditionally ranked in the top five or six of wins every year. And, you know, you got to run against those in, in claiming races. So you kind of like, well, don't think you're going to avoid tough competition with claiming races because we've got the most winningest people in the world doing it right there. And then maiden special weights, well, okay. Who do you want to run against there? I mean... It, you know, Brad Cox has gotten you know an unbelievable amount of good horses, and and, and also asked me. he's he's a you know a fixture there that does a great job. I mean, he, there are no easy spots. The only thing is is maybe the the few races that they offer that are restricted for Arkansas breads, but uh, you know those are getting tougher. I looked up I looked up last year and I was in a maiden special weight Arkansas bred and. Uh, race and Askewson was on one side, and Cox was on the other, and that's not what you're looking for when you want to run against <laughs> an easier group of of uh, horses. No, so, I mean, it's a it's a tough spot.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, I, I was thinking that uh, possibly the extra two months of racing might help uh, increase the number of Arkansas breds as well as that uh, you you have a longer racing season, and obviously um, early in the year they might be leaning on those Arkansas breads a little more and it makes a, you know, a little more sense to be able to breed a, uh, a state bread and have five months of racing as opposed to three months of racing. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, not, it's not like there's going to you know be 2000 Arkansas breads or anything, but, you know, it, it does make it a a little, um, uh, you know, a little, makes a little more sense to, to invest in, in, in a, you know, a state bread, uh, that has a, a longer racing program.
1: I I see that as a as a trend even before this. I you know you're as a breeding program, your job is to make your your breed worth more money. And uh, if you think that you're you're going to get to run for three months a year and the purse is going to be a hundred thousand dollars per maiden special race well then that's going to attract a, a group of people. But if you you know one of the things about Arkansas breads is you're rewarded outside of the state as well year round the breeder is uh if if an Arkansas bred like say for instance, my horse man in the can won an allowance race at Churchill, well the breeder of man in the can got it got his bonus just like he ran it, you know ran a race at at arkansas so there's there's coming ways of making it you know more lucrative for those people to invest in Arkansas breads but uh i think the more opportunities is going to be to be a welcome site
0: for those breeders. Yeah, no no doubt at all. I mean, I, i'm looking up the stats. I think there was last year 377 mares bred and it's been pretty static over the years. Um, but um, you would you would certainly think that it it would help in you know having more opportunities, especially the the you know, kind of the the, the crazy money that they run for, it's,
1: uh... uh, It made me step up my game. I, I, uh, you know, I bred, uh, I've got a practical joke, Arkansas bred, a connect, Arkansas bred, mm -hmm. several McLean's musics. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not just breeding, um, you know, all local, local horses. We're trying to bring in the caliber of horses that we think would, uh, would, could win anywhere and, and, and make a mark sell breads.
0: Uh, listen, it, it worked in New York um, uh, when they allowed outside stallions and they changed some of their, their breedback rules and it wasn't that long ago that, you know, you you look down your nose at a New York bred. Now New York breds win grade one races and nobody turns a hair. I mean you have the, the tis the laws of the world and it's like no one even thinks that, oh, he's a New York bred. It doesn't matter. It's not a stigma anymore and um like, you know, getting better.
1: And those values have gone through the roof as well. Because sure. I can tell you I'm actually in Ocala right now, uh, getting ready for the two year old training cell and, and now when someone says it's a New York bread, I give extra credit. Yeah. Because I know that uh there's restricted money for them as well as they're good enough to win to win anywhere in the world. And that's I think that's what what uh the folks in arkansas are looking for is where people not automatically discount or for a lack of opportunity they're trying to make it to where you know somebody goes to there and comes to an obs cell or or a facing tipton cell and looks immediately are there any arcubreds there where i can go get them
0: mm-hmm. no doubt uh now i saw that uh a new training center was just finished that you're you told uh I think you was you to put pictures up of it um, just outside of uh not too far from Oakland.
1: it's a yeah it's the old ten mile training center, and uh the sellers bought it and they redid the track uh made it a little bigger and then tore down the barns and uh built back new uh, state of the art barns put eurosizers and uh made it a very nice place to be, and you know, luckily with the timing and everything, I've I've been able to secure a barn there, and I'm uh, very very happy with with my horses, the way they're training there, and shipping out, competing to run, and uh, pretty pretty pleased that that I've got my foot in the door, and, and I've some other people are are trying to get in now, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think that. With the added time that's going to be something that's pretty valuable uh, especially whenever we have places to swim and places to uh you know train if the weather gets bad and that sort of stuff. Because, you know in Arkansas we do have to we we do have to look at the look at the almanac before we start our training list because uh the weather does control a lot of what happens there
0: mhm-, no doubt. Uh, that was one of my questions about, uh, racing there in, in, um, December and January. Uh, how, how big of a factor, I mean, I, of course you don't have a crystal ball and can't see what the weather's going to be like in the future, but in the past, um, uh, you know, judging on, on your experience, do you think it's going to be a big issue? I mean, weather everywhere is an issue in the winter, but you know.
1: You know, I think that's something that there's going to have to be tweaked. Uh, You know, I can speak for myself, and and I know that also. You know, I'm on the board with the HPVA. The the people there are constantly looking out for what's best for the horse and and what's best for the horseman. I I think that's something they're going to have to look at, and I I don't think anything this year is a, a sediment this is the way it's going to be the whole time. I think that uh, this started as probably something that everybody's wanting to put their toe in the water and get rolling. And, and uh, you know, remember we lost 11 days last year with Snowmageddon. I mean, uh, 11 race days. Yeah, well, was... You start with a, a fifty, 54-day meet to remove 11 of those days is a lot of missed opportunity for horsemen and to think that 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 there's not a possibility that that could happen again this year would be a little naive Uh, i think that if we have great weather then we'll roll right through that everything will be fine but you know that's that's one of the things is you know everyone says why don't we have a turf course and and why do we miss it well it's, it's all weather related we we don't have lawn at oak lawn because of the the time of the year that we run and the weather that is in that uh, region. It would be impossible or or highly unlikely for us to have a turf course. If people that live there know, you know, know there's a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of outdoor activity that, that involves grass at that time in Arkansas. So there's a lot of stuff that weather controls and we'll just have to see it. And, and, uh be willing to uh navigate through it as it comes and start setting up a uh an alternate plan you know maybe improve and tweak and whatever it takes and, and I know the the h p b a board will be making suggestions and and working in conjunction with uh, management to try to to do you know to tweak and fix what they can
0: no doubt and uh <clears throat> just quickly explain to people um why. Well, I mean, outside of it being a winter meet, why turf is really like not feasible there, uh, and about why you guys struggle sometimes with the racetrack because uh, of your status, uh, you know, of your location in a uh, you know national park.
1: Well, one of the things is that a lot of people don't realize is we don't put chemicals on the track. There's no, you know, at Belmont and 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 uh, and I'm assuming. Philadelphia and, and Maryland and all those places, they're not set over a national park. We, uh, we, we can't put salt on our streets. We, we, you know, like they do, we don't do a lot of the things that a lot of people get to do because of the fact that, that, uh, we have to, we have to be very careful. And so we have to go with nature a lot. And, uh, if the track is frozen, we can't just go out there and sprinkle some stuff on it like they can an aqueduct and roll on. We have to we have to pretty much let it thaw out. And it's frustrating, but we understand that's one of the things that we're sitting on. We're sitting over a, a table of a, a water source that, uh, that uh, we can't allow anything. Come into all the water at Oakland has to be captured into drains and goes through a filtering system before it could even be can even be you know it's not like it gets to run off and go to the gutters and drains we have to capture it at Oakland when we give a bath that that water that comes off of that horse that has soap and it has to go to a designated drain and it can't just go into the water system it has to be captured and uh That's a lot of people don't understand that. People been coming here for years, didn't realize that. That you know, you want to, if you want to get the the people running around your barn like crazy, go out there and wash your car in the middle of the driveway. You know, (laughs) it just it's not it's not going to happen at Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that people don't realize. I remember the one year that I, I sent horses there. Um, there was several times where you know training was delayed because the track was kinda crispy on top, so uh you know, I had to kinda wait till it thawed out and you know, it, it is what it is. It's an inconvenience, but I mean, like you said, you're you're on a in a special place and you uh you know, you can't use the same techniques as, as that are used other other places, but uh
1: you know, that's um, what makes us unique as well though. I yeah. mean mm-hmm. you know, you can't uh You can't tell everybody about how awesome it is to go to the the natural springs and and all that stuff and see all the beauty that 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 brings and then be mad at the restrictions that it causes. And I think a lot of people just embrace it and move on.
0: No, I I hear you for sure. Um, So you're looking at uh, the two-year-olds over at OBS?
1: um... Yes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in hot pursuit. I, you know, I... Traditionally, I don't have a whole lot of uh, of uh, horses in the barn. I go from you know somewhere between thirty and and fifty. And whenever I was sick for a couple years, that number, of people you know, kind of gravitated away, and I drifted away. And I don't don't blame them. At that time, I, you know, people didn't know if I was going to stay around and do this or what. So. Uh, my numbers went down a little bit, and I couldn't work the sales like I needed to for for various reasons. And, and so I've made it a point to let everyone know that I'm, you know, back in action. I'm trying to, to find some two-year-olds. I've, I've had a taste of the derby stuff, and I really liked it. And, you know, I, I understand the priority of that, you know, for the rest of your year. So I'm actually... In a hot pursuit to find some two-year-olds that could go represent us, you know, at the at the meets, especially at Oak Lawn, and and with their knee ex extended time, I think you know, I'm trying to use that as a selling point to my clients. It's like, guys, there's a possibility that we're going to run for for uh, you know ninety-five to a hundred thousand dollar races for another another six weeks or five weeks. So let's uh, let's get some horses to do that with, and this is a good spot. I've had good luck here. A lot of great horsemen, you know, that sell horses and and get them ready to go. And we're trying to to sneak out. It's hard. I mean, the market to find good horses is unbelievable. I, I don't uh, I I don't know what's going on. I know that all year I've thought, hey, I, this is a great deal. If, if I can get this horse for one hundred fifty thousand and or seventy five thousand, whatever it is, and man those those things are going, you know, at a premium, and there's going to be some here. Uh, I've seen, I've seen some very nice horses here that's going to garner a lot of money.
0: Well, the um, the horse who finished first in the Derby was bought out of that sale two years ago.
1: Yeah, oh, I know. Doesn't doesn't we'll see seem if he doesn't. gets to stay first, but he definitely <laughs> was. And, uh, and and you know, I know I'm, that was being funny, but <laughs> it's I will true. say this. I've had some of the best horses, and that's that I've been, you know, lucky enough to train. Have come from these cells, and uh, from Whitmore to Petrop to uh, Treble. To, I mean, all these, you know, a lot of these horses come out of these cells. And and if I didn't, if I didn't drive down here or come down and and hustle and work and put myself in a position, then I wouldn't have them. So I, I have to. Uh, I have to come down and make myself available in case a good horse rocks up and says he wants to go with me.
0: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Well, listen, uh, appreciate your time and, uh, and, uh, all your thoughts about, uh, Oakland's new, uh, new season and, uh, the great Whitmore. Hopefully, uh, we'll see him back in action. in Saratoga. And, uh, I'd
1: like to invite you to come out to Oakland and, and, uh, and visit it as, as, you know, we need media-type personnel who know what's going on out there. So so jump on an airplane and come you might, visit us.
0: Soon. You might have to You might have to gift me a, a Ron Moquette uh, barn parka because I don't have any jackets anymore, man.
1: I live in <laughs> South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I tell the jocks that I always say, whenever I say, man, you guys should come. You'll do great there. And other people that, you know, they always go, it's a... It's, uh, Man, it's so cold I mean, it's uh sunny and 72 when you're depositing those checks
0: oh that's true
1: that's just come, true. Come, on con- and, <laughs> yeah, come on come on in it's climate controlled inside the bank <laughs> that's right just just come down borrow a parka from someone get on a plane come down and enjoy yourself
0: uh you, you never know when i might show up i might even show up in a, uh, at the obs sale in a couple of days you never know well good i if, you do, love to see you, if you do, if you do, if you see me, if you see me put my hand up, just run and knock me over. Don't let me tackle
1: you. you. <laughs> do not No, let me we'll, do we'll it. We'll get us a group. You, you've got a lot of friends. We'll get us a group and put it together. That seems to be the thing. Now, a bunch of people putting up five or six hundred and buying a horse. And who knows? You might have that next authentic.
0: You you never know. I'm just like I right. like to have the next maiden fifty winner. That's all I'm happy about. I'm, 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 <laughs> that makes me happy. Just winning race. Period. I'm, there you no, go. I'll there you in. go. Uh, all right, Ron. Thank you, and uh, good luck over there at, uh, at OBS. And uh, we'll be talking to you. You got it. Thank you. Got it. All, all right, everybody. That was uh, Ron Moquette. He's at OBS looking for looking for winners for the new meet, uh, the expanded meet at Oaklawn Park which is going to start in December this year. So the next year's meet is actually starting in this year. Um, which is, uh, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I, I can't, I mean, you know I come from a horseman's perspective and anytime you have a meet that gives away six or $700,000 a day in purses, they, they want to expand. Um, that's a good thing in, in, in the overall scheme and, and will it uh, squeeze some other tracks a little bit. Maybe it will, but that's, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, these days we, we don't have, we, we have a lot more tracks cutting back than expanding. And uh, I'll just leave it at that in that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of tracks that are asking and, and, and needing more days. Very, very few. So the ones that do, and, uh, this has kind of always been a contention about Kentucky downs and that, uh, Churchill and Keeneland blocked their ability to get more days, though they've been a a huge success with uh with owners, trainers, jockeys, and betters. Um you know, the sometimes self interests rule in this business, uh to the detriment of everyone else. So if they can uh expand for two more months and they, they can add more money uh to the purse availability and they can put on more good races for people to bet on, well, you know what? I'm all for that. Uh, I did want to say congratulations to Sal Sinatra. Um, We've had Sal on the show before, and Sal's a good guy. Uh, He is now the president of Equibase. He's left the Maryland Jockey Club, and um, he's taken up a role as the the president of uh, Equibase. And I found out something I didn't know about Sal, that Sal uh, actually graduated college with a double major of math and statistics. So uh, Sal... Uh, that, that was, that was something, you know, you find out things that you, you, you didn't know about people sometimes, but, um, hopefully he can move Equibase, um, in the right direction. I've been a critic of Equibase in many ways. Their website seems like I built it and my website is terrible because I built it. But, um, but Sal's a smart guy and he understands racing. And he understands what people are looking for, and uh, I think that's a, a a huge a huge benefit for for Equibase, um, and I, I do I'm happy to see Sal uh, wind up there, uh, because Equibase is the is the official st- statistician for the entire industry. They're the stack keeper for the whole business, and this is a a, a numbers based business. Um, Sal is a very reasonable guy, so uh, hopefully he can, he can work out some of the issues that, uh, that have plagued Equibase. Um, on a sad note, a uh, trainer, Jamaican trainer, Richard Todd uh, passed away. And, um, I know a lot of people don't follow, follow, uh, Jamaican racing and all that close, but Richard Todd was a, a good trainer. And, um, he was the guy that, 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 always kind of fought for, uh, for trainers and, and, uh, doing the right thing. So it was, uh, Unfortunate to hear of his passing um we did earlier talked about um um uh, i read ortiz missing some time uh because of a uh, you know a, a strange fall at at belmont the other day where the horse kind of it was it was very odd the horse was on the lead and um just kind of like like took a like a like a like a, Stumbled, uh, but it, it wasn't a, a, a typical stumble. It was, it was very strange, and, and he hit the ground hard. And uh, thankfully, there was only one horse behind it. And I know it's a tough sport when, the, when, when, when getting trampled by one horse is, is actually, uh, uh, you know, considered uh, <laughs> not quite as bad as it could have been, but it, it could have been a lot worse um, than it was. Uh, I did want to make announcement that <clears throat> my co-host on the the Big Monday Show, Mister Barry Spears and i are going to be producing a series of videos um that where i'm going to ask questions of Barry the and he's going to answer them and uh these are about about handicapping and about uh, um it's called wagering um it, it it's um we're going to talk about handicapping and wagering uh ticket structure things of those nature and these are going to be uh short videos they're not going to be long and uh they're going to be of course available for free um on uh on our YouTube channel going in circles podcast YouTube channel which is uh been set up but we haven't put any well any videos on there yet but um you know there's a lot of uh content out there but most of it is um it's guys picking horses and races. It, it's not, um, you know, we're trying to get, uh, information to people. And, you know, Barry's a very, very good handicapper. And, uh, I, he comes up with horses sometimes and, and, and tickets as well. Um, that after the fact, when he explained it to me, I'm like, Oh, okay. I see now. And, and I didn't even kind of sometimes think about doing it the way he did. Uh, it's called, cool, but it's going to be called wagering wisdom and uh we're probably going to put out i don't know fifteen or so um videos that that's how many topics we have already and again they they're going to be short they're not going to be uh twenty thirty minutes long it's it's going to be something that uh um you know you'll be able to watch maybe educate yourself a little bit about because the, you know one thing about well i guess everything in life is, is nobody knows everything and there's always things to learn, um, different things that other people do or, or how they, they view things can sometimes be illuminating. And, uh, the one thing that horse racing has always done uh, is that, uh, or the people involved in horse racing, um, is, is pass on their knowledge to the next generation. And I mean, we all learned to handicap from, uh, our dads or our older brothers or, or someone that uh had the experience that we didn't have um you know training th- the same way and that uh you know we're we're always learning there's always different methods and different ways of doing things, so we thought this would be interesting to do and uh you know we're, we're neither of us are are uh, hugely technically uh advanced but uh, uh we uh, we're working on these these things and and we also want to take questions, uh, we'll put out a, uh, after we put out our first episode, we'll put out a list of topics that we're going to cover. Um, and if anyone has any questions or anything that they would like, um, covered or, uh, you know, uh, certain, maybe, uh, you know, you, you're wanting to know, theory about, uh, you know, pick fives or off the turf or, 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 anything really. I mean, there's, there's so many different, uh, facets of, of racing. Um, just hit us up at, uh, going in circles podcast at gmail.com. Um, again, any comments about anything we're open to, uh, suggestions or open to, uh, to discussions and, uh, and I, and I appreciate all the, things that people have sent uh i've had some some people send me some really interesting things about racing that that you you hadn't seen anywhere else and uh i do appreciate it and i, I appreciate the feedback and uh any constructive criticism is fine too because uh you know i'm not Al michaels and uh <laughs> we're still we're, we, we've we been doing this for a year it was our one year anniversary the other day we've done like 150 something 160 shows Uh, which sounds insane, but, um, uh, yeah, just drop us a note, but, uh, we'll look for that. It'll be on social media. We did a a podcast last night, Barry somehow or another got, (laughs) got put in Twitter jail. So, uh, people that are looking for him on Twitter, um, we did, we did go over why he's on in Twitter jail and it seems stupid, but, uh, you know, so is social media, um, but uh, that that podcast is out there now. The big Monday show, and uh, um, like I said, I, I might be going to OBS this week for for a day. So we'll, next week we'll report back on that, and uh, we'll talk about uh, you know, I'll go back to talking about the negative issues, you know, like Bob Baffert and his lawyer and all their nonsense, and you know, at some point the people have got to grow some grow grow a set in this business, and, and just say enough. If you want to participate, you got to stop dragging the sport through the mud on a weekly basis for your own good. And people that keep sending him horses, you are the problem. You are the problem. You are the problem because nobody has sympathy for rich people. Nobody has sympathy for rich people saying, oh, they need this guy to train their horse because he's so successful. Enough. Heard enough of this. Stop. Stop. Anyways, thank you to KC and uh, everyone for listening, and we will be back next week. Why, in the past decade, has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product. Because we use only FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture for us. Because what we say is in them is in them. Because they work. Because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standardbred racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine, shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA, Unlock, Bleeder Shield, and EPO Equine can help you, contact me, Joseph Vellante, 215-501-6880. This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email Going in Circles podcast at gmail.com and log on to our
1: Circles podcast. Here-